This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hands it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Touchdown College! Underdog! And then one! Exclamation point! Pop the brakes! Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and sports director Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are here. It is May, almost through the academic calendar, as it were. As uh, baseball season winds down, we've got three more weekends. Softball is uh, is rolling, trying to push for an NCAA tournament bid. And uh, we've got some NIL, NIL, yeah, NIL stuff to talk about. A NFL, lot of name, image, likeness. NFL draft final results. We we only we had we had the results of of Friday last week. We knew the mm-hmm. cams came off, and man, we must have talked for a while about how JoJo's going to go four or five oh, here. And, and yeah, he went undrafted. So we'll we'll touch on all that as well. We've got uh, Jack Mitchell from LNK today here at KLIN, as well as his very own Jack Mitchell podcast. How vain is that, by the way? Well, when, he couldn't just come up with a name, and he's just, oh, uh, it's the Jack Mitchell podcast. It's my podcast. Well, look, when you're that big time, you can call your shot. He he does big time this a lot, doesn't he? So big time. <laughs> so big time that he's joining us here in just a little bit. Uh, and then we're also going to talk with Michael Bruns from Husker 24-7 uh, about all things Huskers as well. But uh, let, let's start off with name, image, and likeness, <laughs> the the three biggest buzzwords right now in college athletics. The If you go back to Saturday last week, we talked about whether or not we would maybe see O'Shawn Mathis pick Texas or Nebraska. I think both of us kind of assumed uh, that, that Texas would probably be the pick there. Mm-hmm. But he picks Nebraska. And, right. and part of that is the NIL piece to it. And Devin Drew, earlier this week, Texas Tech transfer at, at defensive lineman, a little bit bigger. He's going to play on the line, not at edge like Mathis. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he joins the fray as well. Um, got to imagine that, that NIL is appealing to, to a guy like that, uh, Iowa Western before Texas Tech, uh, and, and now will join the Huskers in Lincoln this summer. This, this discussion's really taken off this week because you've seen folks from some of the major conferences go to Washington to talk to Congress about legislation. Yeah, both Pac-12 and SEC have gone to Washington. Yep, and, and so with, with the way that NAL has gone. It's it's one of the major things that's changed here in the recent past. Mm-hmm. You had the COVID shutdown, and now you've had the extra COVID year for so many of these athletes that are throwing rosters into flux and will for a while. You've got the NIL piece, and then you've also got the immediate eligibility transfer that went through last year. Everything compounds on itself, and All, that's what's happening right now. Right. The, these, these three major changes in in NCAA sports right now are affecting things. And I think some things will eventually calm. You're obviously you're gonna have the end of the COVID eligibility someday. Right now I don't it seems like no end in sight, but eventually players will only have, you know, the requisite five, maybe a sixth year for a medical hardship back. That's fall of like twenty twenty five. It is where we should see the end of this. Bottom line is Brad Davison can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> but some of these things will continue and we can have a little bit of a discussion as to whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Spoiler alert. It's not bad unless you have some sort of competing interest, but the way that people are talking about this and it's not everybody, but some people it's almost like it's the end of the world with the way that, Oh my gosh, should, should a kid even have that much money in his bank account? When he's eighteen or nineteen years old, oh right, that 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 sort of argument is pretty tired to me. Like, if if you have, and I'll I'll use an example, um, NFL draft just happened, and and then undrafted guys pick out where they want to go as a free agent. Yep. Uh, my team, it's near and dear to my heart, Kansas City Chiefs. They got a wide receiver from Clemson, Justin right. Ross. Yeah, one of the best receivers when he was a true freshman. 2019, it was like, okay, this guy's on a first-round trajectory, no questions. He has back issues. He's had multiple surgeries on his back. I'm not even sure if he'll end up making the Chiefs roster. They hope that he can, but, I mean, who knows? But 
had he had NIL available when he was a freshman, he could have made some money mm-hmm. while he was at Clemson. Right. Now, since he just missed the boat on that a little bit, he may not make a professional career happen. And all of that potential, all of that earning potential that he had when he was at Clemson uh, would basically just go away completely, right. and, and he'll have to find another way to make his his living. And so that and there's example, a lot of there's a lot of examples like oh that. yeah tons of them. Well, and, and you can look at at Nebraska football, and this is obviously a lot more tragic than having some back issues or being told you can't play anymore. But think about Brooke Berenger. Oh yeah. You think about the ni the type of nil opportunities if you were to go back to '90s that Brooke would have had. Um, that he would have had come his way as soon as he was getting starts too, that that magical season where it was, hey, you gotta be, you gotta go be the guy now. Yeah, start started as a junior after Frazier went down with blood mm-hmm. clots, and then did not start as a senior, but was obviously still, you know, he was in in the battle in camp to win yeah. that spot, and and still would have had nil opportunities yeah. that senior season. So so what all could have happened there, and obviously. No, none of that. You can't take any of that money with you. We, I get that. But how much could that money have helped memorial funds afterwards or his family in general? But that's someone who had all of the ability in the world to play professional football and monetize his playing ability, but could not do that under the rules at Nebraska. And in, in not every situation, there's less than 1% of situations that are ever going to be like that. Right. But as an example, for here at Nebraska that people can relate to, that it's very different now, that you can make money before you go professional. It's definitely being misused in some places because it's compounded by the transfer portal and these collectives. Yeah, And, and that's what you've seen some of the conferences going to Washington to try to get legislation on. Yeah, and the, the the funny thing about this whole argument is like, oh my gosh, the the playing field is so unfair right now because some of these schools have these collectives that are offering these kids hundreds of thousands or even in in some rare cases millions of dollars right. to come play at their school. I got news for you. The playing field has not been level for a long time no. in college athletics. I mean, back in the 80s, Nebraska had a, a very unlevel playing field that that skewed and helped them because they were one of the only ones that was on TV and they were the, one of the only ones that had the weight room. Those things are leveled out, but then, well, just not, not even eighties, just as soon as you got to those, those national titles, right. So you, you, you got to 70, 71, 72, 73. As soon as you got there in the transition from Devaney to Osborne, yeah. it was not a level. Nebraska was on the side where they're towards the top of the hill. They don't have as far to climb as a lot of other programs in the country. And then you get to the 80s, and Nebraska's definitely towards the top. And Nebraska in the 90s, they are at the top. There are one, two, three other programs that Nebraska actually has to fight against to win a national title. Now, someone from further down the hill might trip them up, and that happens. But Nebraska didn't have a whole lot of competition when it came to, well, who are the recruits we want? Yeah. Who are the who are the and you were you had the stability from the coaching staff, but let's say you didn't. Who are the coaches we want? You could go pick and choose everything you wanted as a Nebraska Cornhusker. Nebraska's no longer in that same place, but there are some other programs, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. You could talk a lot of SEC or just Southeast in general programs. Well you, you even look, even the Ohio State. Ohio State. The what they're able to do is not a level playing field. Pre NIL and transfer portal. Yeah, out of the since the college football playoff started after the 2013 season, something like 80 percent of the the playoff spots have gone to five schools. Yeah, those those schools are still going to have advantages regardless of whether NIL exists or not. And and then you may you may see some cyclical uh, changes that occur. You know, Clemson may fall off now uh, after having success, and somebody else may rise up to take their spot. That. That's the point. Like, if if you're if you're looking as a as a college football administrator or a conference commissioner or somebody that's trying to rein this stuff in, you're you're not going to be able to level the playing field. You might be able to slow some things down or, or maybe firm up some rules because right now there there almost are no rules. Right. You can establish some parameters, but in terms of leveling the playing field. 
the playing field's never going to be level again. Mm-hmm. It, not that it ever was, but it's just not going to exist that way anymore. No, it, it's it's too naive to believe that the playing field was level before. Right. Um, and this we is forget so quickly. Like, and this, this is yeah. And this is just a, a different factor. It is is what you have here. Um, but as I said, they they compound on top of themselves. If you had name image likeness and did not have the transfer portal in its current form with a one time free transfer, I don't think you'd see um, the the Addison kid from Pitt. I don't think you'd see yeah. that situation. Because you would have to either get a waiver or sit out a year somewhere. So there, there are certain ways that you can legislate around what is currently happening. I don't think putting a cap on how much young people can make, that's, that's not the right move. Because you will lose that in the courts every day and twice on Sunday. That's why we've ended up here in the first place. Right. You, you will lose that. You have to get yourself an antitrust exemption to be able to try to do anything with that. And you are going to lose that every single time. That's the last Hail Mary that the NCAA and colleges have is to try to get an antitrust exemption. Um, so they're going to work everything they can on that. But it's that plus the oversaturation of collegiate student athletes right now because of the COVID year. Yeah. And you have a couple more years of that here. Um, and the one-time free transfer. But here's the thing. Last Saturday was the deadline to get yourself into the transfer portal to be able to go somewhere and be immediately eligible in the fall. Have guaranteed immediate Have guaranteed. You can still do a waiver yeah. if you can come Well, that, that's what I'm saying yeah. is someone can enter the portal right now, this minute, this 9 o'clock hour on a Saturday. They'll get a waiver for this fall. There's no way that they will not get a waiver to go play somewhere this fall. So you have that. And you, you can still have the, the grad transfers. Um, I think it was Tom Chattel had a, I think had a good idea on what you could do with the transfer portal. Make it so that there are, when I, when I say windows here, I'm not talking about, um, sometime mid April to mid May, not that type of window, but you can have windows to when you can transfer and you get that one time free after your freshman year, because we all know things are different when you get to college, maybe what that freshman year looks like. And the windows he had were after his fre- after a freshman year, and you still can after you graduate. So you're a grad transfer because you came and you you did your obligation to the school as the education component. So that's two of them right there. I would add another one, and I would say if your coach leaves, coaching change, yeah, whether that's head coach or in certain sports your position coach leaves or, or, or is coordinator, fired, yeah, change scheme, yeah. So those those types of things. So that would give you three different ways that you can transfer without penalty. You can still transfer and you have to sit out a year or get a waiver, but you got to make that waiver situation much harder to get because you're giving all of these other options on how to go somewhere else. And I believe if you have those, or if you were 100% under the old system, you would not have said bidding wars from collectives for student athletes. And that's what it all comes back to the issue that you've got an unlevel playing field. And you are really tipping it hard towards programs with money. From all of my friends that I have still in Iowa, Iowa and Iowa State hate the transfer portal and name image likeness. Why? Because everyone's going to leave those programs. There is an exodus from Ames and Iowa City, and they're not able to compete with the collectives at other places. Because what is Iowa State been trying to build? What is Iowa trying to build? Well, one, they're already in debt as athletic programs. Yeah. And so all of their money that comes in, they're trying to build facilities. They're still going to be in the facilities race. Yeah. Nebraska is 10, 20 years past that. Nebraska's still building facilities, but Nebraska's not in debt. From a, a talk with Trev Alberts a couple of weeks ago, for the first time, they're going to have a little bit of debt, but that's as part of the Go Big project, right. um, and, and that's going to get paid off. Nebraska is the best program in the Big Ten at handling debt and running um, in the black, running in the black, not 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 in the deficit. So Nebraska is going to be able to compete by taking some of that money and putting it towards student athletes. Not every program can do that. Nebraska is really set up, but I still think Nebraska, even if you were to put those guardrails in, Nebraska is still set up to compete with everyone. But you gotta reel it in a little bit at just anyone being able to go. I can make that. I can make more money at USC if I leave right now. Yeah, I I think you're going to see some cautionary tales come out from this period in time. Mm-hmm. You're going to see some guys who go to the highest bidder 
but have it turn out to not be the best situation for them, for their future, for their playing style, for their whatever. Yeah. Wasn't there a, a Miami player who through his agent said that he was going to leave basketball. Unle- basketball, yeah. Said he was going to leave unless he got more name image likeness it's money. Cuz they got a transfer from another school who came in, had a deal with the same company that he had a deal with but was getting more money from that company. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think they worked that out, yeah. So you you're, you're going to Yeah, see he more- ended up not leaving. Yeah. You're going to see more and more stuff like that. Last thing on this, then we got to get to Jack Mitchell. Um, a lot of times, there, regardless of whether it's sports or, or something, you know, some sort, some social program, a lot of times people want Congress to act or they want the NCAA to do something. This 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 period in time where you're basically only limited by your imagination, mm-hmm. you as a Nebraska fan want no action for as long as possible mm-hmm. because Nebraska is. Not the only one on the cutting edge, but they're on the cutting edge with this type of stuff. Their chief of staff from the football program left the football program so he could work outside the football program structures, started his own company, and is now helping the NIL side for these these student-athletes. Well, not, it's not it, a direct line right, there, but right. it's still... I mean, well, and you also you bring up that chief of staff, Jared Lambrecht, who left and started yeah. ABM. Yeah. He left like two weeks before it officially came out that Nebraska was under investigation from the NCAA, and we had those results from earlier in the week. Right. It's a slap on the wrist. It, yeah, but, yeah. But but still, all of that timeline gets really yeah. murky in a hurry. So you don't want the you don't want Congress to act, and and fortunately for Nebraska fans and any anybody else who doesn't want action on this, you don't want the NCAA to act. But don't worry, they won't anyway because they don't want to touch this thing. They didn't want to touch this thing forever, and they they basically kicked the can down the road until the. Supreme Court said nine to nothing. Hey, you can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the floodgates opened, and here we are. So, Two institutions known for twiddling their thumbs are trying to figure <laughs> something out. Guess what? They're not going to. Yeah. So that's a good thing if you're Nebraska sports, I think. And and so we'll see how that all plays out. But if if I was a betting man, I would say it's probably going to be a while before mm-hmm. something concrete comes out that really regulates this stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit on maybe a little bit more of this uh, later on in the show, but right now we'll get to Jack Mitchell uh, when we come back. Uh, he's obviously the host of LNK Today here on KLIN in the mornings, Monday through Friday, but also got the Jack Mitchell podcast rolling and a couple of uh, a couple of interesting guests in the sporting world, uh, Sean Callahan, Nicklin Hames, we'll touch on those with him, uh, and Michael Bruns from Husker 24-7 joining later as well. That's all coming up here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Rolling along here on your Saturday morning, it's KLIN Husker Hour. And here joining us, it's a, a very familiar face, a familiar voice here at KLIN. Who's uh, joining to talk a little little bit of uh, a sports angle from his podcast that's uh, that's coming here shortly. It's Jack Mitchell. From LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Jack, how are you? Hello. Yes, my name's Jack. I do the morning show here on this station. <laughs> do you? I do. Well, you, news yeah. and talk? Folks, you, will... It's my news and talk radio show. Yeah, people are going to hear you in like 40 minutes on the best of LNK Today that Yay. follows us um, here for the Husker Hour. Show. It's fantastic. Really I take all of the best things, none of where you mess up at all. During the week, it's amazing. Is there enough of that for? Oh, God. I, I have to piece together a lot of stuff to fill an hour. Honestly, I'll say this to Caleb about uh, once every two days. I'll be like, "Yeah, sixteen years doing this, and every every single day, I say something completely <laughs> idiotic, uh, or that doesn't make sense, or I can't find my words." Right. Well, um, we we've got you on because you've resurrected the Jack Mitchell podcast, brought it back. Um, your several episodes in, but your last two have been with Sean Callahan, Husker Online. You had a bunch of Husker stories there. This week, it's Nicklin Hames, uh, Nebraska volleyball setter, possibly defensive specialist. We'll see what happens in the fall, where all of that goes. But uh, what have these conversations been like for you, getting to just talk Huskers? And in, in, it's a very different environment than when we have folks over the air on LNK Today. Yeah, as um, as as you know very well, Caleb, and and you know too, Cole, doing doing this, doing you know being a part of my show. Um, we've got. <laughs> We've got time constraints on interviews, and mm-hmm. so normally, uh, as you guys know, 10, 12, maybe 13, 14 minutes mm-hmm. at the most, and 
it's it, interviewing someone where there's no real time limit. We say we got an hour or so. No breaks. Is, is, it's a no breaks. It's a totally different animal, just in terms of where because you don't you don't have in your head that ticking clock. You don't have in your head. Okay, I've got to get this, this, and this. You can detour during the conversation. You can kind of see where it goes, and it's always something I wanted to do more of and and get a chance to do. And this podcast kind of affords me that opportunity, and so. Yeah, as you said, uh, it's uh, and it kind of allows me to just bring in people and topics that I'm interested in, <laughs> which which uh, a big portion of that is is Husker sports and the personalities that are involved with them. So yeah, uh, uh, among the first guests I've brought on uh, include Sean Callahan and Nicklin Hames, and just kind of hearing about their 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 background, their their sort of the process for whatever they do, the stories that are involved in their in their career. Um, uh, it, it it's really interesting. So I, I've had a great time doing it, and I uh, hope people will check it out. I've, I've not had a chance to listen to the Sean Callahan episode yet, but did did you guys touch on how his kind of the the evolution of his career we started? Did. So back when I started at the KRNU sports staff as a sophomore, the seniors there were three of them, and and one of them was Jeff Sheldon, and oh, yeah. another one was Sean Callahan. Yeah, and I still remember in the press box during those games, Sean would be on the phone. The, the corded phone in the back of the room calling in as a, like an ESPN radio a stringer. stringer. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> that. The score updates, like going back 20 years now, like it is wild how far we've evolved and, and yeah. all the different things that he does now with different media and, and KETV and all that. I know. Yeah. We're old. I know. There was, a, there was a portion of the podcast where Sean and I were like, I remember the days when, <laughs> when we all just mailed out lists of recruits to people and there was no internet at all. Well, I don't know Had to wait true. for the telegram to uh, tell me the score. Exactly. Update. Well, it, it's it was weird because we realized, uh, I realized that he, among among the people that I now know in in media in this business, I think he is the only one I knew prior to actually getting into radio. Yeah, he's the only one that that I knew, and so I've known him for uh, longer than than I've known any of the people that that I regularly interact with in the media world. So that was kind of kind of fun to, and I used to always bother him about getting into the business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, back from the days when I was in, in law school and always kind of kind of bugged him and had a lot of phone calls with him. So we go through some of those stories as well. So that was a lot of fun. Well, and then this week you talked with Nicklin Hames, and, and from listening to that, there's so much fun background that people don't get to know. There's the, the trash talking. How do you even – some even just volleyball questions. How do you know where people are? Yeah. But then there's also what's John Cook like, and there's some of that. So actually – a lot of people don't get to see like regular coach too. Like when we're just like hanging out or we're just heading to the training table or even in practice, like he's so funny, but he's like, Oh my gosh, my grandpa is really funny. Like that's how funny he is. But it's like, Oh my, we like are laughing at you, not with you. We're kind of like, Oh, you're so funny. Like <laughs> that you think that's funny. So he's like really funny. But then when we get to games, he's very like, Calm. Like he's like calm in some moments. Like he just sits on the bench and calls his zones, but then he can get fired up. So he's kind of like in between all of those. He's a little bit everywhere. So I don't really know how I, if I could put him in a single You're category. The same way. He's an enigma. <laughs> I mean, that was what it's interesting if you think about it, because that was a question I asked Nicklin. I'm like, I probably spent more time talking to John Cook on the air or off the air than any other Husker coach mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I probably know him more just through non, non-work non stuff. Um, but if you asked me to des- you know describe him as a coach, like, you, you know, you go through the football coaches, you got Bo Pelini, fiery, right? Right. right. You can yeah. get after people, right? You got Mike Riley, and he's laid back more, more kind of – Players coach that Last sort guy of out thing, of the tunnel. or pick any oh, any yeah. NFL coach or or anything like that. You right. you can describe right. them in a few words and kind of pigeonhole them. And my question to Nicklin was, how do you how do you put what group do you put him in? Is he, is he the fiery guy? Is he the stoic guy? Is he the the master motivator? And it's hard because despite all of the time, and I know you guys have had him on your show or not. I still am not quite sure how or where I would pigeonhole him. Not that you have to do that, but you can with a lot of other coaches. Well, and and John Cook, maybe that's part of his his success is is the fact that he can 
relate to to different players from different backgrounds, different personality types, and and he has that ability to to kind of evolve in that sense just during a season, during a, a player's four or five years, and and you know just just the fact that he can vary that maybe mm-hmm. is is part of the secret to his success. Yeah, I think. so that's. Part of what I, I, I like about the, the the podcast format that you're able to get into with that is you can go deeper on some of those things and get to some things that you didn't really anticipate finding out. Are, with with Sean or with Nicklin, is there anything that you've discovered or that you discussed for, for a little bit longer uh, length of time that, that you didn't really anticipate finding out about? I, I, I asked Nicklin during the podcast, and you guys should listen to this because – I'm a, a huge Nebraska volleyball fan, but I still feel like I don't know a lot about the game. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are just a lot of things. I had a lot of questions for her just for my own education. My daughter, my, my wife played volleyball. My daughter plays volleyball and, and so all those things. So like, I want to be a better, more, uh, better student of the game. And, and I asked her this one question and, and you can listen to the podcast and we, we talked about it for like five, 10 minutes, but I was like, describe the, the, like the four seconds for me. That go on between getting a pass as the center and then successfully making the set. And you guys would be, I mean, we talk about how complex a quarterback's job is, right, in, yeah. in football and all the things that happen. All the things she told me made it sound like child's play <laughs> for that four seconds. Mm-hmm. All of the things that are happening, I had no idea. And it it, it, it kind of is going to change the way that I watch the season coming up this year, having had that conversation with her. And it's not just where her teammates are, I'm sure. It, she's probably also watching where the defense is moving, too, and yep. scouting and, and the film study. Watching like the that. defense, remembering the scouting she talked about. Listen, her teammates are all talking to her behind her, <laughs> all of them, about what kind of a set they want. And then she needs to know who is who because, you know, one of your hitters is three inches taller than your other hitter. Uh-huh. Okay, and... Keep and track of substitutions, who's in, who's out. It's un, it's It's unbelievable hearing her describe it that way and it even it, it makes me even more interested in the game. So yeah, we got to really take a deep dive into that stuff. And the other thing that was was hilarious with her is I, I mean, I believe this right now maybe after maybe it took the departure of Adrian Martinez, but I'm not even sure. I'd be curious what you guys think. But I believe she right now is the most um identifiable Husker athlete. So, so I'm saying somebody comes yeah. into a store, somebody comes into the, the coffee shop, what Husker athlete is going to have the most people immediately recognize them? Well, I would have. Can you I, think of another one? I would have thought maybe even Trey McGowan's, if he comes back for another year, maybe. Maybe, maybe that'd, Trey. That'd be about well, it. Well, even then, that's a maybe. No, Nebraska volleyball in Nebraska, you're, right. you're going to get so many eyes on there. And I know Casey Thompson has talked about just getting to town and people stop him and want to take right. pictures. But if Casey but, Thompson came somewhere now, I'd have. So, I, w- I was yeah, like, there, oh, that guy a, looks big. He might be a right, football player exactly. wearing Adidas, but which would, is always what I look for, by the, by way, the way, when I think someone's a football By the way, player. he's actually not that big. Okay, like, well, Casey Thompson's not that big of a dude. Okay. Um, but, says, says you, Mr. Six okay. foot three yeah, geez, or whatever. Take it down. Sorry. We get it. You're tall. Wow. Whatever. But um, even last year, I would have said your, most, your three most recognizable student-athletes on campus last year, yeah. Lexi Sun, Lauren Stiverns, Nicklin Hames. I, I would Adrian Martinez. Well, I would put Adrian up. Fourth year starting quarterback. He, right. He would have been in that. He'd, he'd have been in the top five, but I would say if you go out to a grocery store, you're going to get your three top volleyball players first as your highest percentage of recognizability. Well, it, I think, I think they're the same, but the bottom line is you're right. You can't go in public. I mean, you cannot go. And look, you know, uh, obviously in radio, we're big celebrities. We get stopped at least once every couple of months in the grocery store. Yes. But Nicklin, Nick, Nicklin was talking to me about, so, uh, and, and she said this on the podcast, her, her boyfriend is on the football team and, <laughs> you know, they'll go out like you do when you're, when you're dating, you go to Target, you go to the grocery store or whatever. And the way that it always works is somebody stops them and says, Oh my gosh, Nicklin, I'm such a huge fan. Can I have a picture? And who's the person left to take the picture? Her boyfriend. <laughs> her boyfriend. That's the football player, which is, that's like a little microcosm of just what volleyball co- has become in, in Nebraska. He's like, come on, I'm a Nebraska football player. <laughs> right. What is going on here? Hey, you, you guy. Uh, well, well, you can hear Jack Mitchell on the Jack Mitchell podcast. Also LNK today with Jack and friends, um, during the week, but encourage you to go listen to that Jack Mitchell podcast. Nicklin Hames, the, 
this week. He's had several other guests, a lot of great stuff there. You can go to KLIN.com. Also, now on Spotify. Now on Spotify. Now on Spotify. So if you want to, we had some issues with that, but we're there now. Just search the Jack Mitchell podcast. We're on Apple. Uh, I think we're everywhere. If ever, anybody finds a place where we're not, uh, let me know if you got one of those like uh, different places. So we, you're on Google Podcasts, which I are we? Yeah. Okay. We, we can say wherever you get your podcast. Wherever, that's what they say. That's that's the thing, right? Wherever you get like, your podcast, like oh, and subscribe, rate five stars. Someone went to the J School. Dang, that's right. <laughs> we need to hire him as our new big voice guy. Well, we could do that. I'm sure Ladies we can arrange that. I don't have a good big voice. What guy. was that voice you were that trying was to my do? Big vo- why am I the only person in all of radio in America who's got no impersonations, no accents, no big voice guy? Welcome to the Jack Mitchell okay. podcast. Well, if you all want your sticks are on Twitter, so I don't know. If you want to hear, should have been in written media. <laughs> we can get you in print. I'm sure they're somewhere looking for someone. Yeah, I should write a blog. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, listen to Jack Mitchell on the Jack Mitchell podcast and, uh, uh, yeah, go download that. That's a lot of fun. Thanks for coming in on a Saturday. It's nice to hear you Thank live. Thank you. Yeah. This, uh, it's been a busy Saturday morning, but I squeezed you guys in. <laughs> we appreciate, appreciate that. It. We're going to, we're going to squeeze in Michael Bruns when we come back. Husker 24 seven, hit a little bit NFL draft, talk a little baseball. Uh, we'll do that when we come back here on KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here on your Saturday morning. And we are joined now by 24-7 Sports, Husker 24-7's Michael Brunts. Uh, Brunts, how are you doing this morning? No complaints. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Did you uh, did you get drafted where you felt like your value was, or, or did you go undrafted and have to, to pick the right free agent landing spot? Well, both. I mean, I, I think my value was undrafted, so I, it's uh, everything everything hit. So no, <laughs> the, the scouts were right on there. Well, I think the first question we have to ask is: you're, you're still employed? Like you're still covering the Huskers, right? Because <laughs> it seems like everyone else in our area is getting jobs somewhere else. <laughs> I, uh, I I am with 24-7 Sports and will be with 24-7 Sports for the uh, foreseeable future, yes. <laughs> it's good to hear. There you go. Still still a big follower of Parker Gabriel, I'm sure, as he's uh, covering your Denver Broncos. It, it's, that's a little whiplashy. Like, I'm still getting used to, like, getting my Broncos news from Parker, which is great. And I feel bad for him because I have his cell number, and he's going to probably need to block me during Broncos games, I think. Well, I, I already told him congrats, and uh, he's going to be great covering a couple of losses to the Chiefs every year. That's probably true. <laughs> even, although, even although with we Russ, got the ace in our, we got the ace up our sleeve, potential Magic Johnson uh, buying the Broncos, which everything he touches turns to gold. So, watch yourself. There you go. You, you, you got your old, you know, '80s Lakers point guard running things yeah. now. That nothing, nothing but green grass in front of you. I'm sure. Well, let's yeah. let, let's hit on NFL draft. You, you had you saw three Huskers go off the board overall. Uh, a little bit of a surprise with JoJo not hearing his name called, but Samari Toure goes to the Packers in round seven. We'd already seen the the two Cams come off in round two, the Friday. Overall, it, Nebraska getting three people drafted. You, you've got a couple of guys that got some free agent spots, uh, some free agent landing spots. Is we we talked to Baz about this last week. How do you feel like the fact that they get two first rounders for the first time since 2015 changes the way that you look second at second rounders? Second, second rounders, right, right. If we were first rounders, we'd have yeah, led yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah, that's true. Second rounders since 2015. How do you feel like that changes things for the way you folks maybe perceive that that three and nine season, and obviously this year, depending on how it goes, does it change anything for you as to how you look at that three and nine season? Uh, well, I mean, I think it, it tells you that there was enough talent to be better than three and nine, but I, I mean, I don't think you need the NFL draft to tell you that. I mean, I, I think that's kind of been my thinking for a while is that Nebraska was better than the three and nine record that they had. Um, uh, you know, I'm happy for guys like, I and mean, Cam Jurgens especially. I mean, it seems like he landed in the perfect spot. And, you know, I, I think when you kind of start looking toward next season, I mean, there's, there's certain spots where you're really going to miss guys and I, I think the, the offensive and defensive lines are two key areas where you know you would have loved to 
opportunity to do so. Thinking Cam Jurgens at center, and then Damian Daniels, even though he wasn't drafted, I still think that's going to be a really big loss uh, for the defensive line. And you know, certainly Nebraska's had a pretty good run the last week or so in the transfer portal with adding transfer defensive linemen, but. I, I don't know that I see right now a replacement for Damian Daniels, and that that's that that's a big loss. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm happy for those guys. Like I said, I was I, I'm like you guys. I was a little shocked that JoJo Doman didn't even get picked. Um, I, I thought he would be a guy that would find a fit somewhere, but um, you know, I I think it's uh. It was a pretty good draft overall, and it, and it kind of raises the question. I guess spinning it forward to next year is, you know, who, whose names will we potentially hear next year? Aside from Travis Bokalek, I, I don't know that there's somebody that I would point to right now that's a slam dunk uh, type draft pick. Oh, Sean Mathis probably. <laughs> um, but before we look at that though, um, for the guys that it looks, Cam Jurgens, that looks like a really good spot. All of the praise he's gotten from Jason Kelsey. Um, Cam Taylor Britt is just going to go do stuff wherever he is. And then Samori Toure, the Packers just need wide receivers. <laughs> it doesn't matter what round they got him in. For the undrafted guys who signed places, who is in the best situation? Who went and signed somewhere that they definitely made the most of going undrafted and being able to somewhat pick their destination? Well, I mean, I mean, you could make a pretty strong argument that Joe Doman actually, you know, it ended up okay for him. I mean, if you're going to go in the sixth or the seventh round, I think most guys would say, you know, let me pick my situation and pick the team I want to go to. So, you know, maybe that ends up working in his favor a little bit too because I think he's the type of player that's so – especially in the NFL, so fit-based. I mean, he, he's going to kind of play some outside linebacker. He's got the ability of a safety. And, and I, I think you kind of need a, a defensive scheme that kind of accommodates that type of skill set. So I, I think that maybe ends up helping him a little bit. Um, Austin Allen with the Giants, I mean, it, it was a really loaded tight end class this year in the draft. And he was always kind of in my mind, a, you know, a seventh round, you know, undrafted type guy. And I think him getting to pick his spot was probably a, a better thing for him. And, you know, I, I you, you guys know Austin Allen. I mean, he's going to go in and outwork everybody. Uh, you know, certainly the, the, the physical part of it, the six foot eight, um, you know, will, will play in the NFL. So, um, you know, I, I think those are the two guys that probably come to mind. I mean, maybe one other guy. Uh, you know, Ben Stilley, I mean, he, he showed up at, at Nebraska's Pro Day, looked completely different. Um, you know, he's a guy that I could see maybe hanging around on a, a practice squad for a few years um, just based on his versatility to, to either play defensive end or maybe slide inside at times too. Michael Bruns, Husker 24-7, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, back to the guys that are still on this roster and, and a couple guys who are, are new additions to this roster. O'Shawn Mathis said yes to Nebraska on Saturday. Devin Drew earlier this week, uh, transfer from Texas Tech. A couple of additions that, that could play there on that D-line as Nebraska definitely needed some help there body-wise. Where, where do you judge the position the defensive line's in now after you get a couple of guys and, and maybe even potentially another addition coming through the transfer portal? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, very good ads. I mean, obviously, O'Shawn Mathis was a coveted pass rusher, um, you know, pretty much, you know, could have gone anywhere he wanted in the country based on his past production and getting somebody like that that, you know, on third down, you can basically just go say, okay, go get the quarterback. You know, Nebraska hasn't had that kind of guy uh, probably since Randy Gregory. So, that's a big one. And I think, too, you know, the addition of O'Shawn Mathis probably opens things a little bit in obvious pass rushing situations for a Caleb Tanner or, uh, you know, Garrett Nelson, somebody that two guys who I think are kind of poised for uh, potential breakout seasons this year. So uh, that helps. Devin Drew has played a ton of football uh, at the JUCO level at Texas Tech. You know, I, I think he's going to be able to be a guy that's going to be able to come in and give you a lot of snaps. Uh, and is really kind of a plug-and-play type player. Nebraska still needs help there. I mean, like, like I said before, I think Damian Daniels is a huge loss. I, I still think they need to add at least one more defensive lineman out of the portal to maybe feel good about the numbers there because I don't think you want you know, Ty Robinson in there taking snaps in the middle all season. I don't know that that's the best use for him. So if they can find one other guy that's more of a, a plug-and-play type, 
I, I feel a little bit better about the direction of the defensive line in the offseason right now. On the other side of the ball, how do you feel about the direction of the offensive line? <laughs> it seems like uh, the the last couple of years it's been yeah you need a, you need an edge rusher you need a pass rusher on the defense but the defense is for the most part still held their own without having that the offense just lost a second rounder and didn't even the offensive line still didn't look good over the last four years. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting question because you know coming into the spring you weren't going to get a complete picture of where they were because you you, you didn't have Trevor Corcoran in there. I think Teddy Prohaska is a starter at one of the tackle spots, and he's healthy. We'll see if he's ready to go uh, in fall camp or if that's going to take a little bit more time. But I, I think coming out of the, coming out of spring ball, I think there's a little bit more comfort uh, among the coaching staff with what Trent Hickson can be at that starting center spot. And I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it seemed like th- there was a little bit more of, of – you know, the question of the interior offensive line was a little bit more settled than maybe what I expected it would be coming out of the spring. Um, you know, certainly the tackle is a little bit up in the air right now. I mean, is Corcoran your guy at left tackle? Is Bryce Benhart going to get back in and win that you know, the right tackle? You've got Hunter Anthony, the Oklahoma State transfer that you brought in. So, you know, you've got options. It's just a matter of kind of making that puzzle fit together. And I just don't know that we got a full enough picture yet because of not having two guys that were really key pieces uh, and will be key pieces for your offensive line on the field. So maybe the jury's still out. I think it's probably the, the, the fairest way to say it right now until you get uh, the, those two veteran guys back. Switch gears and, and looking a little bit at baseball now. Regardless of the result last night against Minnesota, Nebraska entered the weekend needing to to be on a pretty good stretch here these last three weeks just to make the Big Ten tournament and be able to put themselves in position to to try to play postseason baseball. Do you do you regard this season as as a little bit of a step back in terms of Will Bolt's uh, program? Uh, program building, however you judge that, or it, were, were they maybe a little bit ahead of schedule last year and just had a ton of guys who, you know, were, were lined up as as seniors, as vocal leaders. Where, where do you kind of put the the results so far in this baseball season into perspective regarding Will Bolton his third season? Yeah, I mean, I think the coaching staff would would regard it as a disappointing year. I mean, you know, that they came out last year. And, and certainly with a veteran team that was, you know, pretty well stocked for the kind of run that they made and, and really played well. I mean, I, I think they were probably a little bit ahead of schedule, but, you know, when you kind of look at what they lost coming out of last year, I mean, you, you lose the, the Big Ten player of the year in Spencer Schwallenbach, who's also, you know, a, a lights out closer at the back of your bullpen. You lose Kate Povich, who is just absolutely dealing right now in, in Class A ball for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, you, you lose two two guys out of your weekend rotation, your top four or five hitters out of the lineup. I mean, there was a lot that they had to replace, and certainly it didn't help when, you know, veterans that you thought you were going to be able to count on, talking Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews, Cam Chick, it seemed like everybody was kind of slumping uh, for the first half of the season um, all at the same time. So, you know, I, I think I, I would have regarded as a, as a, a small step back um, at the same time, I mean, they've had to rely on a lot of young guys this season, and I think that that maybe bodes well for this program uh, going forward. I mean, I, I think they, they like what they have in a guy like Garrett Anglum uh, as a long-term option in the outfield. You, you've seen Emmett Olsen emerge as a potential weekend starter going forward. So, you know, I, I think they were going to have to take a little bit of a step back. I don't know that it was necessarily fair that they were picked by Big Ten coaches to win the conference, but you know, that's two years in a row that the, the coaches haven't exactly been on the button with uh, the, the preseason <laughs> prediction. So, I mean, maybe we just stop listening to uh, to that poll when it comes out. Maybe that's the lesson there. But, um, you know, we'll see how they kind of play over the last three weeks here. I mean, you, you talk to the coaches and players this week before they went out to Minnesota, and they really felt like they were starting to turn a quarter a little bit the way they were playing. And they're going to have to because, uh, not not making the Big Ten tournament is not going to be acceptable with uh, the, the staff and, and certainly the, the, the way that the program is building going forward. The answer is really just for uh, Trev to go in and restructure a contract. That's where all the seasons end up turning around. Um, but as, as, as there's the race for eighth, 
Um, Brunts, I've really got to ask you, how old were you when you knew where you were going to college? <laughs> were, were you in eighth grade saying, you know what? I think that's the spot for me. Well, uh, to be fair, I also wasn't six foot three with a mid eighties fastball in eighth grade either. So, um, uh, I, it took me a little bit longer to find my college destination than, uh, than some of Nebraska's 2026 recruiting class that they've got going right now. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild to know. Hey, you know what? I, I know. I'm just going to go ahead and make it official. Let's do it. Hey, Norris has got some good kids coming through. You got, uh, yeah. the Florida, Florida State kid in 2024, his younger brother coming here <laughs> there's a lot of, i tell you what in eighth grade i had never even heard of the college i ended up going to yeah that's fair yeah. <laughs> well i mean you if you you look at both of those both of those commits they have two commits in the 2026 class these are kids that haven't even played high school ball yet uh bo peterson who's the other commit in that class he's a number eight number eight recruit in the country according to perfect game he's already hitting 85 with the fastball um, and, and basically is, I, I think he's like almost 200 pounds, six foot two. Like it's, uh, it, it's just a, it's definitely not little league that, that he's playing there. Yeah. They're, they're pretty well developed and, and they know where they want to go and Hey, good on them. That's fine. And, uh, that's, that's, uh, a, Will Bolt's got to be looking at, in, in, you know, other, other schools within the athletic department, like, Hey, Scott, Hey, Fred, I got some 2026 guys. You guys are slacking. The, the funny thing is, is I, I believe Will Bolt's contract right now is through the 2025 season. So uh, <laughs> there's also that. That's uh, it's, a, it's a factor, I guess. Volleyball and baseball recruiting is just so weird. How far out it all goes. It, it is, and it's and it's it's funny though because for a lot of these younger kids that are committing in baseball, um, you know, they've played so many national events. Uh, you know, they, they go to these camps at schools. That's what both of the, the 2026 kids who are committed to Nebraska did. And, you know, you can get a pretty good projection uh, on how a kid's going to be at that age. That, that's just the way baseball is. But it's just, uh, it's wild. Certainly not for everybody to commit that early, but that, that's kind of the way that this baseball recruiting is gone. Michael Bruns with the, some very projectable skills, and, and we utilize them every so often here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Bruns, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That's Michael Bronze, Husker 24 uh, 7, joining us here. Uh, running down some NFL draft, running down some baseball. It's uh, uh, some good stuff. We got, we got more NIL discussion uh, to come here as we move along here this morning. So uh, stick around. Uh, it, it, it's kind of been a big hot topic around here with the recruiting and the transfer portal and uh, what's fair, what's not. So we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more when we come back here. It's Cole and Caleb. It's Kayla and Husker Hour. Side look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Our thanks to Jack Mitchell and Michael Brunts just joined us in our last two segments. If you missed them or uh, anything else on the show at any time, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can head over to the Facebook Live as well. That's at KLIN Huskers. That's where we're at on Twitter, too. Um, so looking ahead the rest of the weekend now, you've got Nebraska baseball, three series left. They're at Minnesota, last mm. place team in the league. Uh, and then uh, two series after that. Nebraska softball, this is it for them, their regular <laughs> season. Uh, and they are, uh, they're hoping to get a, a series win after uh, suffering a couple of series losses after that giant winning streak in the middle of the season. Um, still well positioned to make the regionals, uh, but uh, they definitely want to get off on the right foot this weekend and, and get a series win heading into the Big Ten tournament next week. Yeah, hosting Indiana, closing out that regular season series. This is, this is a big one. Nebraska is not going to be able to catch um, catch the one seed, but they can solidify themselves as the two. And that, that's still a big deal in the, in the Big Ten tournament. Um, that'll be at East Lansing this next week. We will carry at least the first game that Nebraska will play on Thursday, and then it'll be dependent on baseball going through the weekend. But man, this team has been so much fun to watch. They're actually uh, the focus of the latest 
um, Nebraska athletics, the place yeah. that, that entire feature. So softball and women's basketball are the feature on there. Encourage everyone to watch that because the productions coming out of the Nebraska athletic department right now are something to see. Um, and it, it, it's also wonderful when you have subjects like what Nebraska women's basketball was this past year and what softball has done this year. And they've got a lot of, uh, run out in front of them. But if you can get out to Bowling Stadium, um, hosting Indiana this weekend and, uh, there, there's been a lot of rain. So make sure you go check the Huskers.com website for the latest game times in case anything does get, um, pushed back ahead of this next week before we start getting some weather in the nineties and it dries itself out a little bit. Uh, but Husker baseball, you, you got to win a series. That, that's that's all it comes down to is you just you got to win a series and get to the next one. Win a series, get to the next one, um, and it, it it really speaks to the way this season's gone, Caleb. That you're three series left on the Big Ten weekends, and you still started off uh, with that. I think it was the announcement on Thursday. Hey, here's our weekend starters, and you still have one of those weekend <sighs> starters as a TBD. I know you just haven't been able to establish three guy. And look, losing, um, who was it? I'm, I'm, uh, Kyle Perry. Losing Kyle, Kyle Perry. Perry at the beginning of the year like they did, uh, that's a huge blow. You, you mm-hmm. knew that you were going to be able to rely on him, and Shea Shanneman was probably definitely number two. He's obviously been one of the guys every weekend. Uh, but but they've cycled through Dawson McCarville. Cody Franks had a few shots at it. Uh, Emmett Olsen is getting the start today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's if, if, if anything is indicative of, of how this series has gone and why Nebraska's been struggling, that is definitely a huge part of it. Yeah, trying, trying to figure out your, your pitching through all of that. Now, let's even last weekend, you had you outscored Iowa 15 to 7 and lost the series two it's, games to one. It's the Nebraska 2021 football season. All I, know, over. I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Like you run ruled Iowa in the first game of what ended up being a Sunday doubleheader. Uh, because Saturday's game postponed because of rain. For last Friday's game was moved up because of expected rain. Weather has just um, wreaked havoc on a lot of stuff right now. Thank goodness they weren't trying to play games earlier this week. Oh, Lincoln. geez, I know. There's There are so many um, soccer districts and baseball districts that have been moved around yeah. um, time-wise and actually um, even facilities-wise uh, here in the area. So th- this is one that you look last weekend. Nebraska's pitching was not the issue. The pitching was not the issue. Even um, even on Friday, hitting was not the issue. Just could not find any gaps because of that weird wind coming out of the east. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska just has to keep trying to put everything together. They have it right there. Just go go get eighth place. Get yourself to Omaha, and you can get weird from there. That's, that, 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 that's all it is. Is You just got to find a way to get weird. Um, Nebraska at Minnesota tonight. That's going to be a 6 o'clock first pitch, 5.30 pregame here on KLIN. And then tomorrow, 1 o'clock first pitch, 12.30 pregame again here on KLIN. And coming up on Thursday, you will get some Husker softball airing here on KLIN, your home for the Huskers. Very cool. Big Ten tournament action for Husker softball. Uh, who knows? Maybe next week. We'll find out some more news about Nebraska football transfers. They're still chasing after a couple of D linemen. Uh, we'll see how that all shakes out as well. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, more baseball, a little bit more uh, to go the regular season. Uh, basketball, we don't need to talk about that guy from Aurora that, that ended up going somewhere else. But, hey, I think he should probably go pro. I think Baylor Shireman should stay in the draft. Yeah, he should probably just stay in the draft. No, I'll, I'll honestly say I hope he goes to Creighton because I think that's his best option. And, unfortunately, yeah. that's going to make Creighton even better. <laughs> Oh, long sigh. All right, that's going to do it for us. We appreciate the time uh, and, and all of you listening out there. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully you, there's some time you can go mow that really long grass. Go Big Red.